you for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. And we're really excited about today's topic because we get to sit here for the whole time and talk about one of our favorite people ever. Um, she's kind of stalked us a little bit and then I think really walked us and almost challenged us um, to grow in holiness, grow closer to God, and ultimately bring us closer to Christ. We've mentioned this person on every episode uh, that we've done yeah. since we've had the studio, haven't we, Kara? Yeah. Who is she? Uh, you must be talking about St. Therese. That would be my guess. Yes. So we're doing our episode today about St. Therese. And I think it's kind of fitting to introduce her that way with like almost a little teaser, like we have a live guest or something today. <laughs> um, but we can't, we kind of do. I mean, one, she's sitting in the corner. Um, but also, She's not in timeout, to she's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> she's watching over us and smiling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's fitting because... She was a real person. And, you know, so often we think of the saints as just like, oh, well, they always loved God. They never messed up. So they must not be real people because mm. that doesn't happen. But I think her life and her example is is very real, very relatable for us. And she continues to intercede for all of us um, because she wants us to live in heaven with God. And so that's kind of what she's done. And when, when I say she's stalked us a little bit, it's, I think she's just kind of like walked along and been like, hey, you want to read this book? Hey, you want to read this book? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and really just challenge us. So mm-hmm. this episode is, um, is going to be about St. Therese, but also what we can learn from her. And how we can grow in holiness and modeling our life after her. So very similar to our St. Francis and Claire episode where we went through kind of some life lessons that we can learn from from Francis and Claire. And when we were praying with the topic for this episode and we landed on St. Therese, um, Fred asked me, is it too soon to do another life lesson on a saint? (laughs) And it might be. You know what? It might be too soon. But I think... That's what we got in prayer, and so we're going to go with it and be yeah. obedient because yeah. I think everyone needs a little bit more Therese. Everybody needs more St. Therese. Yeah, and all like recent popes over the last hundred years have pointed to her as a saint for our times. Yeah, It's really pretty incredible that this obscure cloistered nun mm-hmm. from the late 19th century yeah. is now a doctor of the church and... A patroness of missionaries. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. I want to ask you, um, so she has had this great impact in both of our lives, but I want to ask you, are you willing to share, like, how has St. Therese kind of transformed your own life? Yeah, it it really all began with the COVID shutdown. Um, And we actually have a blog post uh, about this very thing on our website. It's the one called I See a Movement. Mm -hmm. I believe it is. Linked in the show notes here. But, you know, when, like so many people, when the the COVID shutdown happened, there was no mass, there was no um, religious things that we were so used to. And I think I approached it with an an optimism initially that, well, this can help us grow in the faith and I'll, I'll take it as I need to be, have some initiative. But as it drug on much longer than we all expected, yeah. you know, I, I started to get very down and very discouraged. And I think, Carrie, you've expressed similar things, and I know you'll share as well, but it just felt like I, my s- spiritual life was starving, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was suddenly, you know, there was no no mass, no um, Eucharist, no community. Yeah. And it really got very difficult, you know, th- those relationships rooted in the faith outside of the home, none of those things were there. And I just got very discouraged. And I know we had planned so many things in in our work and ministry. And and I just started to get very discouraged uh, and very down. Uh, Couldn't see anybody. Mm -hmm. It was like months before we even saw each other, Kara, you know. I think I told you I felt like I got more insight into the life of a dog, like how excited they are. (laughs) It must be to go on a walk outside. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And that's kind of how it was. Yeah. Uh, for me as well and you know at a certain point I I really don't even know what it was necessarily it is but a certain point I started to realize the only way I'm going to come through this COVID shutdown thing with a stronger faith is if I dig in and really pursue pursue God for myself um, and focus on building my interior life and so our oldest daughter um St. Therese was her confirmation saint. Mm. So we had 
that book laying around. It just always seemed to be laying around. I, I don't know why. It was the one book that never got put on a shelf for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. It was just like, like you said, stalking. <laughs> I don't know. This is like this book magically moved around the house for some reason. Yeah. Um, and one day I just picked it up and started reading. What is that book? Story of a Soul. It's mm-hmm. her autobiography. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was a little bit of a, a <laughs> tease there. I could have said that sooner. But anyways... <laughs> We assume uh, you all know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I was just drawn into it uh, very quickly. Just her life, the way she writes, uh, just a beautiful simplicity there. Mm-hmm. And even I started listening to um, an audiobook version of it on YouTube. And I listened to that so much that now that's the voice I hear in my head whenever mm-hmm. I read her words, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of weird. But we'll, let's link that in the show notes, that's too. That's kind of nice. Yeah, because I want that to happen to other people, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think, you know, through that process, I just began to feel some and experience some renewal in my own heart and in my own life. And it really was kind of finding my way closer to the Lord through a very simple everyday life that embraces the smallest things and doesn't complain, (laughs) you know, and, and seeing God in, in the littlest ways. And, and also with that, recognizing my own shortcomings and, how those actually in themselves draw me closer to God, yeah. recognizing that I can't do this on my own. I am dependent upon him. Right. So I don't know if that really answers your question, Kara, but that was kind of what that process was like for me. Was it just like re- in reading her writings or was there something that stood out to you within that that really caused that shift? Um, I think it was her writings just in general. Yeah. And I really felt like I got to know her as a person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I would I would say she might rival you for the bestie. Uh, <laughs> I know you're you still know. on search for her letters that she wrote to her good friend. too. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a volume one and a volume two yeah, uh, that I'd love to get. But yeah, um, I, th- I think it was that it was uh, I think during a very dark time, mm-hmm. I found a friendship with her that I needed yeah. during that time. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, Kara. I rambled through my answer to that question. Can I ask you the same thing? What is it about St. Therese that has impacted your life? Um, Well, mine kind of starts in a similar timeline because it did start with COVID. Um, I had read Story of a Soul, which, as Fred said, is her autobiography. I had read it because it was assigned in one of my grad school classes. And it was either that or um, Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life. And I had been wanting to get to know St. Therese a little bit more, and so I chose Story of a Soul instead. And it was very impactful. It was very beautiful to read. But there was also this element that this is homework. It's for a class. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be pulling out intellectual things. And so it wasn't as um, settling in the spiritual life because it, it was for school. But... I will say that I think what happened with COVID that led to, I think, this deeper transformation with St. Therese wasn't necessarily that COVID brought this on, but it kind of brought my spiritual life to light because I think oftentimes it's assumed that when you work in ministry, you have a strong faith. And a lot of times, even in like my own life, working in ministry, your ministry can become your faith. And so um, probably from the outside looking in, it was like, oh, yeah, she's a strong Catholic. But I think for so long I defined my relationship with God by my ministry and by what I did that I didn't like I I hardly ever focused on who I am in my own interior life. And so what COVID did for me was um, it took away, like you said, it took away mass. And for so long it was like mass is how I am close to God. Because I receive the Eucharist and that's it. Not not that's it in like a bad way. The Eucharist is a source and summit of our faith. And so, I mean, it, it's good to rely on the Eucharist. But I had ignored prayer. I had ignored growing in my relationship with God because it was like, well, I go to Mass. So we're good, right, God? And I think COVID really brought that to light because for five months I didn't get to go to Mass. And it was kind of like very similar to your story, Fred, where I was just really struggling Um, I had had my son in February, like a month before COVID hit. And so I was struggling a little bit with baby blues type things. Mm. And I didn't have this root that was keeping me grounded and keeping me close to God. And so I was really struggling. And it it just got to a point where it was like, you either have to do something or you're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. And so 
I kind of decided to walk with St. Therese. Mm-hmm. Um, me and a group of young adults, we started meeting regularly, virtually, and we started going through I Believe in Love, which I know we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a personal retreat with St. Therese based on the teachings of St. Therese. And that is honestly probably what changed my faith. Um, I remember the moment, too. I was reading one of the conferences within the book, and I had to pause within this conference because it was almost like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was almost like I felt God was giving me this like connection to St. Therese in her heart. And I just had to like stop reading and just let myself kind of reflect on her and I just cried for a little bit and then <laughs> started writing in my journal about her. Um, and that was honestly the shift. And from that moment, I feel like God has kind of just been like reiterating this theme. Like I'm I'm making a quick work in your life. I'm mm-hmm. making quick work in you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happened. Um, I kind of just went from this like dry, lukewarm, like my faith is what I do. And just shifted that to now what I do is a fruit of my interior life and my faith. Right. And so there was a, there was a huge shift and I, I attribute that to, I won't say her because she would be the one to be like, it wasn't me, it was God. Right. But I attribute that to her and God working through her and her example mm-hmm. in, in her life. Right. That's awesome. I, I love care that we both had that same experience yeah. with her. In the midst of in a dark midst, time. In the midst of a dark time. And really you're listening to us right now because of directly because yeah. of the experience we both had with saint therese yeah this was a fruit of yeah of our and draw near is year. literally the fruit of that time with with her in prayer uh, yeah. for both of us and so it's kind of neat when we were able to come back together again and 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 talk about this together and i love that you you mentioned the quick work because that that's actually one of my favorite quotes of hers she says the good god does not need years to accomplish his work of love in a soul one ray from his heart can in an instant make his flower bloom for eternity and Kara, that's kind of what it was like it was like you know i remember one night in particular i just had some things to do around the house i'm making it sound fancy fancier than it actually was actually what i was doing was this this board game <laughs> can geek out for a minute called dominion were you sorting it? I was sorting <laughs> it, and I have all the a bunch of the expansions into nice little sleeves and organizing it, and it, it was an all-night job. See, that sounds doesn't sound as good as I was doing Nerdy. housework. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's great. And I was listening to the, the autobi- her autobiography all night long, probably for the hundredth time. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. That was just in that really kind of just, I didn't need to do that, clearly, but there was just something about that night just... It's like I stayed up and worked on a project with a friend yeah, and just listened to her um, all night. That, that was kind of a seemingly insignificant, very geeky, <laughs> but I don't know. That was kind of, it felt like that, that moment where one ray broke yeah. through the darkness for me. Oh, I love that. And as you're reading that, my eyes sort of started getting a little mm-hmm. bit teary because I feel honestly like Therese was that ray for me, like, mm-hmm. like. God gave me a glimpse of her and her heart. And that was the ray that was like, I want to be like that, you know? Yeah. And I think even the circumstances of of having that experience, in a way it is very Therese-like because it is very childlike in a way. I mean, that's, but that's also me. So maybe there's also some, some draw to her like that for me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I see that quick work in that moment. Well, and there are reasons why we want to do this. Like with Francis and Claire, now with Therese, there's reasons why we want to focus on the lives of the saints because I feel like in the world today, like information is so readily available where, you know, we're looking at the next awesome blog post that was shared or we're looking at the next book that's out by, I don't know, the next great Catholic speaker, mm-hmm. who knows? But we ignore the best people who have been deemed the best people by the church and we ignore their writings. And so a lot of what you mentioned this, Fred, to me in passing, a lot of what we want to do with this is like bring people back to the saints, Mm -hmm. help people to know not just intellectually, not just head knowledge, help people to know the heart of the saints, the hearts of the saints. And that will ultimately transform 
our own lives too. It should. Yeah. Kira, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead because this whole life lessons from a, a specific saint, we would like to make this kind of a, a bigger yeah. series. Yeah. Life lessons with so-and-so. I'd love to do one St. Philip Neri. I think that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But we're also working on soon uh, a curriculum we really want to use for high school boys and high school girls mm-hmm. where you're going to dive into the, the teachings of St. Therese, her writings themselves, and, mm-hmm. and how do they teach the faith and how can that be a prayerful experience. And in yeah. the spirit of St. Francis, our hope is that we could make that available for free right. on our website um, because I think everybody needs more St. Therese in their life. Yeah. Um, even high school boys. Yeah. And how can we help them experience the way she experienced God's love? Because they need that in her life. Kara, um, it drives me crazy how many that I've heard say St. Therese is not relatable. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they say she's not relatable. Why? Because she's like this cloistered religious sister. And if we're not cloistered religious, then we can't relate to her. I find she's like the most relatable right. saint I have found. Right. If for no other reason than just the stress she places on the small, the ordinary, mm-hmm. the everyday things. If for no other reason than that, we can totally relate to St. Therese. But it's also a very simple expression of the faith, yeah. the little way. Right. Um, I find her incredibly relatable. So we'll probably come back to this curriculum idea because I got jumped a little ahead of myself. No, but that's I got okay. excited. No, that's okay. Um, that's actually a good transition into uh, one of the points that I found when I was kind of praying with Therese. Like, what do you want people to know about you? How can people grow closer to God because of you? is that love and that charity because you know I feel like I have heard that as well like Saint Therese isn't very relatable she was holy but I don't really find her to be relatable in my own life but the life of Saint Therese and I think one of the things that we can learn from her is this true Christian charity because you know her motto was do small things with great love Mm -hmm. and she lived that out in such a way that she showed every person that she encountered in her cloister every person that she encountered in her own life and in her family she showed them love but it wasn't I mean it wasn't directly coming out and saying you know I love you it was just how she lived her life Mm -hmm. everything she did was with love and it reminds me a little bit of um, in Matthew, where Jesus says, you know, don't go out and, and pray in the streets like the Pharisees or, you know, make yourself look sick so people know you're fasting, but go into your room quiet and pray. I feel like that was the heart of Therese. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't know she was doing everything for them out of love, but God did and God knew her intention. Yeah, that that really comes through. There's this great story about this elderly, elderly nun yeah. that she cared for. It was extremely grumpy and was just... Uh, constantly criticizing her, constantly complaining. And yet St. Therese intentionally and purposefully cared for her. And and in some ways, the more grumpy she got, Mm -hmm. the more caring and loving (laughs) St. Therese got. And so instead of racing through that, because I think most things that we don't want to do in our life, we just race through it. Right. Or completely avoid it. Or avoid it as long as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Rather, St. Therese rushed into it, rushed in the sense of she didn't put it off, but then took her time and was present in the moment, at every moment, and and being that love to that other person and helping her to feel loved. In fact, if I remember the story correctly, the sister even asked, why do you love me so much? Mm. And, you know, you have to wonder, uh, did St. Therese say, I don't, but I'm trying to, you know, (laughs) you know, Um, because you're the one that gets on my nerves. Right. (laughs) But that that is what Christian charity looks like. That is her living love to the fullest in the circumstances. That's greatness. We did that whole episode on greatness. Greatness isn't only loving people that love you in return Mm -hmm. or ranking people and how much love you show them by what they can do for you. Right. Loving another person is loving like Christ and giving of yourself, whether they're deserving of that love or not, Mm -hmm. you're being Christ to that person. Well, and that goes to, I know we mentioned this in one of the episodes where we talked about the immediacy of living out the greatness that you are called to. And I mean, what that is, the immediacy of holiness, because we're called to be holy now, right now, wherever we are living in our life. And I feel like that's where Therese 
is such a good example for us because yes, she did this in her vocation. She did this as a cloistered religious, but she also lived out this love every single day within her family as she grew up. You know, she cared for her sisters. They were like her best friends. And, you know, she cared for her dad. It, you read this in Story of a Soul, so if anyone wants to read it. But she lived this out not only when she found her vocation, but she found Christ and Christ called her to love. And she did that every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not looking for shortcuts. Yeah. Not crossing things off a list, but being present in each moment and making everything, every moment a gift of love. Mm-hmm not only to the person she was trying to show love to, but also to Christ himself. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, um, I don't know if you remember this story, but this is the story that stuck with me from Story of a Soul. Um, She was talking about when she was a little girl, how she had this dream, and she was walking through the garden, and in the garden she saw kind of these like two demon-type figures. Do you Mm -hmm. remember this story? I do remember the story. Um, And they were kind of just like, Uh, dancing around but then they saw her and they got really afraid and so they ran away and she was watching them out the window she went back into her house and was watching them out the window and they were trying so hard to run away from her gaze from her staring at them and she later explains in her life that uh, she thinks that this meant God made use of this, this dream or this vision. He made use, use of this to show me that a soul in the state of grace need never be afraid of the devil, mm. who is such a coward that even the gaze of a child will frighten him away. And I loved yeah, that story. Awesome. I had so many hearts that's, in the book. That's the quote I was trying to remember, and you, you got it. Yeah, oh, that, I, that is awesome. I loved that one. Yeah. And, and it gets to this living out holiness wherever you are. She's a child, mm-hmm. but she's living out her life for God. And so much so that, you know, demons run away for, afraid of her. Right. Yeah. And it's not because uh, if you're if you're listening and you're thinking, well, that's great. Cause she's a saint. She was a child. Yeah. You know, it's it's. And her mom writes in her letter, yeah. she was a spitfire of a child. Right, so. yeah. Her mom actually says some pretty funny things. She was a, a cranky little one at yeah. times. So, yeah. um, But that's what it means to be in a state of grace. That, And, you know, we talk about greatness, we talk about holiness, but it really is that simple. It really is that simple. And that's, that's part of what's so beautiful yep. about St. Therese. Yeah. Talking about going into your vocation and what God is calling you to. I think one thing that stood out to me too in what I learned from her and I think what she um, models for others is her patience and her trust in God because, you know, she knew that she wanted to go into religious life at a very young age, so much so that her and her dad, who's actually also a saint, um, her parents are St. Louis and Zelie Martin, Um, But her and her dad went to Rome and they actually petitioned the Pope to let Therese join a religious order early because I think it was like 18 when you could join. I believe that's right. Yeah. And she was what, 15 or 14 or something? Something like that. And and they went to Rome to see if she could join the religious order. And she did end up joining early. I think she was maybe 17 when she joined. Um, But... I think this shows just this like patience that she has because she knew what she was called to and she, you know, she didn't sit and just wait for it to happen. She did actively go after it. However, she honored the authority that God put in the place of the church and she waited knowing this is what God calls me to. And so I know this is going to come about. And so she waited patiently. And I think this is kind of a difficult thing for us mm-hmm. in yeah. our daily life. Like, Are you talking about us in particular, Kara, or just generally? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the collective we and and us, are, me and you, Fred. <laughs> um, like, you know, God tells us something, you know, um, that he's going to give us this gift or he calls us to something. And, and maybe we might question it or we might not believe him or we might get impatient. But um, there's a passage in, in Matthew in chapter 7 where Jesus says, And he's asking, you know, if you as a father and your child asks you for this, would you instead give this? And it's like a worse gift. And the passage says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so, so often I think it's really easy for us to do the opposite of what Therese did. 
and lack trust and lack patience when we feel like, you know, God is, is wanting to give to us because he is our loving father. And we forget that. We're like, God, where is, where is all, all these gifts that you promised? But scripture also says you have not because you ask not. And so I think Therese gives us this example of asking and having the courage to take it all the way to Rome right. and ask, like, this is what God has gifted me and I'm going to ask for it. And she receives it, but she gives us that example of patience mm-hmm. and trust in God. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite quotes of hers that I always have to remind myself of, even recently, mm-hmm. um, is this, if I did not simply live from one moment to another, it would be impossible for me to be patient. But I only look at the present, I forget the past, and I take good care not to forestall the future. Forestall is not a word we use every day. Mm-hmm. That basically means I don't try to force things yeah. to happen before their time. Yeah, I love that, though, because, I mean, that that's how we need to live. But mm-hmm. I also think... It's a reminder from St. Therese that ultimately we live on God's time. Mm-hmm. He's in charge. Uh, and one thing we see with this, with St. Therese, it's very similar to Francis and Claire that we, in the previous episode, is that they tried to be another Jesus in all that they did. Mm-hmm. So if we look at the example of Jesus, he didn't rush through things. I mean, he tried to when he was 12, I suppose. I remember you <laughs> talking about that on a previous episode. I'm sure it was for a purpose. Maybe he's yeah, like, I know they'll yeah. write about this in the Bible and then right. they'll all learn from I'm, me. <laughs> I'm trying to teach them something. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you notice like he had all these demands placed on him in his earthly ministry. And yet he stopped to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You know, even when his disciples would would basically say, we don't have time for this, Lord. We right. got to, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, he stopped. He said, let the children come unto me. He stopped to spend time with the woman at the well. He was very attentive to the people around him. So yeah. there wasn't, even though no doubt he knew, I only have three years right. to do this. Right. He still was patient. He still yeah. took his time. He was still very careful. I was talking to uh, our friend, um, sister, Fidelis Marie, who we're actually going to have on the show as a guest for a later episode. But I was talking to her and I mentioned something about Mary and the phrase in scripture of Mary pondered this in her heart. And she shared with me something that um, one of her priest friends said that he received in a moment of consolation and praying with St. Joseph and Mary. And it was, it was basically like he was asking what was going through your head when, you know, was it all of the salvation of the world? And, you know, when you, when you heard that Jesus was coming, what was going through your head? And Joseph said to him, nothing. I just was raising my son. And that goes to that quote too, like right. living it day to day. You're not mm. you're not trying to force a future. You're not looking at the past, but like they were just living their life as parents trying to raise their son. And that goes, I think, too, to the immediacy of greatness. Like right. today we are called to be holy how we live today, not looking at what, what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow, but how can I live out this love, this trust, this patience today? Today, yeah. yeah. That, that's the growing in wisdom and stature with men that we read about in Scripture yeah. that Jesus did. Yeah. It, it really is, you know, we rush through our life. I think even those of us that work in ministry things, we get so busy doing the works of God mm-hmm. that we neglect the God of works. And yeah. that that's what St. Therese reminds us of, is that our days should be allowed to unfold mm-hmm. according to God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to be Jesus in the world, but we're doing that in the everyday sometimes painful, (laughs) mundane circumstances. But our goal is to be Jesus in the world in those day-to-day moments, not to rush through day-to-day faithfulness. That's St. Therese. That's greatness. That's holiness. That kind of gets to uh, um, another thing that I feel like St. Therese can teach us because when you think of St. Therese and when you read about her and you understand her life and how she lived, really there's one prominent thing that kind of encompasses, I feel like, all of the stuff we've already talked about. And that's her example of humility mm-hmm. and living humility in her life. Because you were just talking about being Jesus to other people. You know, she she lived that out in her motto of do small things with great love because that is Jesus. He wasn't he wasn't just giant miracles and big things. He mm-hmm. was simple things with great love. Even his like I think of his look towards Peter after Peter denies him like that look was so simple but it was filled with love and forgiveness 
And I think she lived that out in her life in this shows because um, in I Believe in Love, they write about how when, when Trez was dying, how some one of her religious sisters who lived with her in the community saw her every day. She said, I don't know what they're going to say about her at her funeral. She never did anything extraordinary. Hmm. And I love that. Like, I always go to that quote because I love that because so pure and humble was her heart that she loved people not not for the sake of having them like recognize what she was doing but for the sake of truly just loving them and knowing that God sees her heart and God sees what her intention is and she is truly in those moments being Christ to them Um, and this really shows that um, what people associate with her is like her hidden way or her Mm -hmm. little way And I feel like this story um, of this sister who lived with her, not even recognizing the things that she did and the way that she loved people was so extraordinary. Like that is the hidden way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I honestly feel so drawn to that, to that way of life, to always be able to say in humility, it's not me, Jesus, or not for me, Jesus, it's for you. I Mm -hmm. love that. And I think that's so beautiful. There is this real attractive nature of like her holy life that was so hidden. And it's not because it's not hidden necessarily because she was a cloister. It's hidden because of her humility. Like all that she did was between her and Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Kara, another thing I I see, and I think it's related to her humility and I'm tying it to that story of the the grumpy sister. Um, Another quote, but I think it it, it relates here. Uh, She says, true charity consists in bearing all our neighbor's defects not being surprised at their weakness but edified at their smallest virtues i think what you see in that is a profound truth it's also a big part of i believe in love Mm -hmm. Um, the book we've said probably on most of our podcasts we've mentioned it at least once um, is that the people in our lives are put there to help mold us to help shape us to help us form us into the person God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so rather than complaining, wha- rather than giving into gossip, mm-hmm. rather than expressing frustrations or being cruel to others around her, St. Therese embraced that. Yeah. Like God has placed you in my life to help me become the person mm-hmm. I'm called to be. <laughs> and I think that can be a hard thing. Like that person that drives you the craziest is probably your path to sainthood (laughs) yeah you know that that grumpy nun for saint therese was that in a lot of ways and i I think so we we see her humility in that Mm -hmm. but we also learn another life lesson in here i mean proverbs 27 17 says as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another and you kind of see that concept there that that is how the master potter Mm -hmm. god molds us into that vessel we're created to be is those circumstances around us. It may be uncomfortable at times, but that's just part of the process. And she embraced that. Well, and you know what? Today, I feel like it's really easy to um, see the people around us and either get really easily negative, (laughs) either about that person or even about our own life or fall into jealousy. Like, what does this person have that I don't have? And we we can do the exact opposite. Right of letting those situations call from us holiness, but mm-hmm. in like, sometimes we don't let them. And I, I think of um, how story of a soul starts is with Therese talking about these graces, like how, you know, why is it that God gives certain graces to people? And why is it that certain people don't ever fall? And they're all, you know, they're always just so faithful to God. And she compares people to flowers and I love this. And I think it's an example of her own humility. And she talks about, you know, how each person is a flower in God's garden. Like mm-hmm. all of our souls are the flowers in God's garden. And she says, some people are just made to be roses mm-hmm. and lilies. But I am content being a simple daisy that just brings joy to Jesus when he looks down at his feet. Right, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And how often, like, how often do you look at someone and be like, you're a rose and God bless you for being a rose. I'll just be a simple dandelion or a daisy. Right. Like, I'll, it's okay. And you're okay with it. Like, she took joy, I feel like, in, in other people's greatness around mm-hmm. her. 
and allowed it to transform her heart to even be more humble. Yeah, and and recognize that God took just as much joy in her, in her, yeah. in that daisy as she called herself, yeah, as he did the rose, as he did the greater flowers, because she recognized that perfection consisted in just being who God willed you to be, yeah, who God created you to be whatever that is in life and just embracing that and finding joy in it. Even further, she relates to the saints too. She calls many of the great saints, great mountains. And in comparison to these great mountains that are the saints, she mm-hmm. calls herself a grain of sand. Right. And she's okay with that. Like, right. like I think she talks about, um, I don't have the exact quote, so I'm going to attempt not to butcher it, but she talks about how like God's heart is the elevator that will help her go up the mountain. And so like, think of, think of just that imagery of like being a tiny grain of sand next to a giant mountain, but God's hands come and pick you up and they're going to carry you up that mountain. Yeah. That's, that's the joy you find in St. Therese. She embraced and rejoiced in her imperfections. A lot like Paul, really, you find this in Paul. Yeah. Um, You know, he talks about in, in, my weakness, his strength is perfected. Mm -hmm. I'm somewhat butchering that scripture phrase, but the idea is still there. She embraced those imperfections, what she saw as imperfections, as a means to draw closer to God. It it was that elevator. Mm -hmm. And I love how she says it, Kara. And again, I'm paraphrasing as well, but her imperfections, she thought of them as making it difficult for her to climb that stairway for perfection. Mm -hmm. But... God's arms reaching down, embracing her and lifting her up just like the child mm-hmm. is that elevator. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful image because that's how I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't, Lord, I, I can't, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. <laughs> but that little way, that's, that, that's what I needed last year. Yeah. You know, when we started with the COVID shutdown, I, I needed the Lord to lift me up yeah. as the little child. I think it's not just the joy of St. Therese. It's the joy within our own hearts, too, if we let ourselves become humble like Therese. Like, mm-hmm. humility brings about a great joy. And I actually remember reading one of the chapters in I Believe in Love, and it was about humility. And I remember in the midst of reading this this chapter, being like, oh, this is really good stuff. All of those prideful people really need to read <laughs> this. How can I teach this so all those prideful people hear about this? <laughs> And it was like, it was a a very good gift. I think I'm sure from St. Therese, maybe from my guardian angel. And they were just like, you mean you? (laughs) In the midst of me thinking that. Because honestly, I had never really sat down and prayed with my pridefulness or a growth in humility. And there is something about praying with our wretchedness. Right. Like the wretchedness of our soul Mm -hmm. and our sinful nature that allows your heart to really recognize all you, Jesus. Like it has to be all you, Jesus. And so I think it was this great gift in the midst of, of reading her where I was like, yeah, I do mean me. Wow. Okay. I've never really thought about that. And so I think she does her and, and God who makes a quick work. They just keep continuing. I think to, to call forth something from that, um, call, remind me of my wretchedness. Yeah. You know? This is hard for me to relate to, Kara, because I have no pride, except <laughs> that okay. I am proud of my humility. Okay, this is like an inside <laughs> joke between us. Like, uh, there was one time Fred said in the middle of like a meeting probably with other people who do not get this, he goes, right. I don't have pride, and I'm the only one <laughs> sitting there who like, knows that it's a joke. Right. But yeah. yeah, we have this inside joke where we're just like, we're proud of our humility. I'm proud of my humility. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, mostly, it mostly just happens in moments where one of us says something that makes the other person really realize wow that was really prideful <laughs> yeah, of me to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um but you're right though Kara, because she embraced the limitations she had yeah. and she didn't beat herself up over them i think i think we personally yeah. i'm gonna speak for we here we do yeah we do um we, i think saint Therese has helped us to get better but i think all of us do we tend to if we don't practice our faith in a particular way we th- everyone tells us we should or um, sometimes there's pressures placed on, on us we feel like we're not good enough as if somehow God's grace is something we have to earn rather than embrace and receive if that yeah. makes sense yeah. so she gives the example of often falling asleep in prayer mm-hmm. and 
she's okay with that. Right. Because even those moments of prayer, she's coming to the Lord with love, with devotion. And I remember her comparing it to like a child who is learning to walk mm-hmm. and falls. Yeah. And I think of my own experience as a father, you know, when my, my kids take their first few steps and then they fall, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you fell already. What's wrong with you? Right. You know, you still love them. Yeah. You're and, excited about the right. step that they took. Even just one step. You're yeah. still excited. It's a big deal. Yeah. Even after you have five kids, it's still a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that's how it is with us. That's how it is with our the life of grace. Just one step forward. Even if we fall, mm-hmm. the next step. As long as we get back up, it's that that in our last uh, was our last episode, right? I think so. Yeah, the failure one. Yeah, uh, where we talked about I'm falling up on my way to sainthood. Yeah, it's that same idea. Yeah, well, and that's the approach that that the heavenly Father takes in you too. Like a father taking joy in his child taking a step is the same as the heavenly Father. He takes joy when you take even just a small step towards Him, mm-hmm. and He expects that we're probably going to fall. Right. But every time we get back up and try and take another step, he's he's taking more joy in you. Hey, and we have that promise, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. And I think she even, I won't go as far as saying like she, she found joy in her sin because sin is turning away from God. Right. But there were aspects of her life where she thanked God for moments of sin because she trusted that when she sinned, that God brought about even more mercy into her life. Right. And so she thanked him for the sin because it brought about his mercy. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. this great line in I Believe in Love, which is, again, is that book we keep talking about, Retreat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would put that on every Catholic has to read this book, but uh, it's a retreat based on her life. And there's this great line in there, and it's, it's a prayer. Lord, make up for what I have done poorly. Mm-hmm. A simple prayer, yep. very St. Therese sort of prayer, because yeah. it is simple. She says, bring about a greater good than if I had never failed in the first place. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Beautiful. So talking about the delight that she takes in even her shortcomings, um, I think another area that we really can look at her as a model is her willingness to suffer. And this, honestly, after reading Story of a Soul, I mentioned that Story of a Soul kind of felt a little bit like it was homework. However... It's a beautiful book and re- and you need to read her story. And that is the one thing that I took away from reading her story was just the way that she wrote about suffering. She talked about, I desire every form of martyrdom. And I thought that was so interesting. I had never heard that before. And just like all of the suffering that she went through in her life. And she went through a lot. She talked about how some of the greatest points of suffering in her life was losing her sisters. And, mm. you know, her mom did lose babies at young ages, but she's talking about her sisters all entered the cloister religious and she was the youngest. I think she had one younger sister who also later entered, but she lost her sisters physically in her own life because they went into a religious order. And so this brought about a great suffering in her soul and how she writes about it is so childlike, Mm -hmm. like just this love that she has for her sisters that them not being in her life anymore just brings about this great suffering. But I think she writes that she sees suffering as a gift like a little kiss. Mm -hmm. And I love that because we often tend to go towards while we're suffering, God must be angry with me. There's something wrong with me or we wallow in the suffering, but she takes delight, not just in her shortcomings. Like we just talked about, she takes delight in the sufferings Mm -hmm. and even speaks of them as this gift because when we have opportunities to suffer, she said, I have more opportunities to turn my face towards God. Right. And offer those sufferings up. Yes. Yeah. That Colossians one twenty four, we fulfill what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That's the, that's the whole idea there. That the things we suffer in life, we can offer them up, mm-hmm. for a good intention, um, for someone else's conversion, or or whatever it be. For for Saint Saint Therese, whatever suffering she bore, had a greater power yeah. than the things she did, yeah. or even she's as she would say. In sermons themselves, mm-hmm. um, she said, "All all my strength lies in prayer and sacrifice." She saw them as weapons, you Love know, that. in in living the life of grace and having a power to them. And uh, certainly, that's true. That is to be another Jesus, because Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That cross was suffering. What's that joy? It's us, mm-hmm. right? It's us. And so you see her living that, embracing the cross, whatever it may be. You certainly see that. In her life and the illness she had yeah. in her last few years, I mean, it was 
not a lot of consolation in her life. But if you read St. Therese, you still find joy in the midst of the suffering. Yeah. And the sickness that her family had, her mother died at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And then um, after she had joined the religious order, her dad, you know, in his old age, he suffered from sickness. He suffered from Alzheimer's. And she suffered a lot because because she was cloistered. She couldn't go see him mm-hmm. and she couldn't care for him as much as she wanted. And that brought a great deal of suffering to her heart because of this great love that she had for her family. You know, she um, her dad called her his little flower mm-hmm. and she called him my king. And I think that's yeah, so precious. That's, that's so yeah. precious. And yeah. so like she I mean, she had this great love for her father and she couldn't go see him in his aging um that brought about a great suffering and so she writes about how hard that was in her life but how god was the one who got her through it Mm, yeah i I love in her own words joy in the midst of suffering she and and this Kara, this is one of those quotes that i think you asked me what was it in saint therese that changed my life Mm -hmm. during that dark experience it's this she says joy does not reside in the things about us but in the very depths of the soul, that one can have it in the gloom of a dungeon as well as in the palace of a king. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I love that. Yeah. Like, I can have joy in the midst of this just horribly awful mm-hmm. time. And that joy is the joy we have in Christ. Um, incidentally, speaking of this king thing, any dads listening, if you want to learn how to be a good dad, read Story of a Soul. Yes. Read Story of a Soul. You want to be a good father. St. Therese teaches you how to be a good father. So I actually, um, my son's middle name is named after St. Louis and, and also my dad, my dad's name is not Louis, but I wrote him, I wrote my dad this letter after uh, my son was born and said, both of his names are named after you because when I read story of a soul, her father reminded me of you because Mm -hmm. Louis is just Christ to his family and throughout my childhood my dad was just Christ to all of us that's awesome so if you want yeah if you want to understand that read about her dad just so beautiful I remember finishing story of a soul and um and having this desire to start praying for suffering but I was doing it very poorly and (laughs) imperfectly I was like God I want to pray for suffering um but not this suffering right, and right. definitely not that. <laughs> and so like we like pick and choose what, what we think mm-hmm. we're able to handle. But um, ultimately, like every single cross that we have and every single cross that St. Therese had in her life, but that we can learn from is made for us and it's made for us to grow in holiness. So when we recognize that this is a point of suffering, I think we have to ask ourselves what is God calling from me in this moment? Right. Because it's super easy to shift to the opposite and just let that overcome us with darkness. Mm-hmm. But it's not meant to. Because if God allows suffering in our life, it's for a purpose. And Trez knew that. And she shows us the example of living that out with joy and with the intent to grow closer to God. Amen. So hopefully after just kind of this glimpse of the life of Therese, you've come to know her more. And our goal in talking about the saints is that you come to love them more. Um, I know I did after reading her and hopefully that impacts your life and how you want to live out modeling the lives of the saints. Um, I want to end today's episode. Uh, I mentioned, you know, this big shift in how Therese worked with me. Like I just had to pause in reading and stop and cry and write in my journal. Um, So I want to end today's episode by reading just a short journal entry that I mentioned. Um, But before I do that, I want to bring it back to what we mentioned at the very beginning, because when Fred was talking about, you know, this curriculum that we want to do, it's not a sales pitch. Like we just want to share with you this greater vision for this ministry. Mm. Um, And, you know, if ever you feel called to support us, like that is what it is going towards because we want it to have the spirit of Francis and we want it to have, you know, the spirit of the saints. Mm -hmm. And we just want to be able to give to you opportunities to grow in holiness. And so it would be available for free on our website. And so we're hoping within the next year that we could have this um, this study. And I don't think it's just for high school age students, but everyone who wants to grow closer to Christ, Mm -hmm. maybe just with a younger emphasis, but to bring people closer to her heart and Mm. ultimately to the sacred heart of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we want to start with St. Therese. Yes. Francis and Claire would obviously be be on that list too. But Karen and I really, I think our goal is we kind of want to allow the saints to speak for themselves Mm -hmm. and to, to allow the saints to speak into the hearts and minds of others because we need that 
we need to go directly to the source. Um, and like Kara said, it's not something we're trying to sell right. or anything like that. We really we just want to serve the Lord and do everything we can to help people draw near to Christ. That's the right. whole point <laughs> of what we're trying to do. So Right. And I think Therese did that for us. She drew near to us. Maybe that's better than saying she stalked us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably <laughs> a better way to say it because there was no, like, we never filed a restraining no, order she was good. <laughs> against St. Therese. So. Yeah, so she drew near to us, and it really has had this great impact, I think, in, in our spiritual life, and so hopefully she can do that for you. But I want to read, um, and I'll end with just this entry from my journal. I am not a writer. My thoughts are rarely well thought out in this journal, but I write what is on the heart. Today in this book, St. Therese is on my heart. She was small and knew it, comparing herself to a grain of sand amidst mountains that were the great saints. My dear friend, you were a mountain. If only one day, looking to your example of humility, love, and joy in your wretchedness, I could reach only a small height of the mountain. I know, as did you, that your holiness and virtue is from the Lord. You wrote of an elevator to the heart of Jesus, that Jesus' hands, or his heart, would take you to heaven. Sister, they have. By living small, finding joy in pain, and rejoicing in sins only because you had confidence that your failures only brought greater mercy from heaven, you rode the elevator up the mountain. God brought you, his little child, to rest your head on his heart. I can't stop crying. I keep smiling. I won't say it is because I am thinking only of you, because you would be the first to say, not me, but Jesus. But that is what brings this emotion. Thinking of your radiant holiness and great but simple love is allowing me to know the heart of Jesus. You, just like Jesus, lived the heart of the gospel. Love, mercy, freedom, joy. You were unknown, hidden from the world, a cloistered sister. Did many people even know you? Did they encounter the child Jesus through you? Or were you unknown? Well, you are known now. A small, holy life has led so many hearts to Jesus. His work in you, his mercy, his glory shines upon the earth through your life's example, the little way. I delight in the Lord more today than the day before through your example. Little flower, pray for us.